umpires are going to be policing all this. Meanwhile, they can't even do their other fucking job and call balls and strikes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just a kind of a mess. And for me, Rob Manfred is just a fucking loser. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Clubhouse Convos, episode 17. And for the first time, we're all together. We did it. With a microphone. It's amazing. It is crazy. Happy. Very happy. Um, but it's Friday night. How was your week, gentlemen? Pretty good. Saw you both on Wednesday night. Yep. Yes, sir. Red Sox, Red Sox game. game. Yeah. Got clapped, but it <laughs> happens. It happens. Yep. Uh, Bruins also lost Wednesday night. It was, it was a sad train ride. It's the worst <laughs> night I've had in, in quite some time. It was, uh, it was disappointing, to say the least. <laughs> Dude, I left that ballpark, and, God, I just wanted to get home and drink a beer. But I had work the next day. So. Well, actually, no, I didn't. took it off. Took it off. But still, uh, tough one for Boston sports. It was so, sad. But yeah, it was I think we're over it now, and on the next season. Yeah. For the Bruins. Uh, for you guys, at least. Uh, oh, fuck yeah, you, Tampa. We're still kicking <laughs> Is there anything we'd like to discuss before we get into the agenda? No. Take the silence as a no. Go for it. As Evan slurps his water. It's mm-hmm. fucking gross. All the time. Uh, all right. NBA playoffs is first on the agenda. It is now the third round, semifinals. No? No, second, second round. Second round, sorry. Um, Clippers, Jazz. Jazz up 2-0. Suns, Blazers. Suns up 2-0. Suns uh, Nuggets. Sorry, Suns Nuggets. I want it to be Blazers. Me too. Seventy <laughs> Sixers <laughs> um, Hawks tied at one, and Nets Bucks tied at one. Which series we jump in first? Just go in order. Jazz yeah. Clippers first. Yep. Um, Newman, what, what do you think about the Jazz being up two zero? You think it's over? No, I mean Clippers were down what two zero against Mavericks, right? I thought honestly different thought, team. I think uh, Jazz are well, far yeah, better. Team. I think Jazz are far better team, but even still, the, the mentality is the same. Obviously, Mitchell averaging forty one points in two <laughs> games, they got to find a way to contain him. They haven't really found an answer to that. Um, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George have been fine. I really like. They just have no supporting cast. Like Olympus. I mean, Reggie Jackson, yeah. I saw put up twenty nine points in game two, but like. I guess even that wasn't enough, so, I mean, they're just going to have to get it from their bench players, their role players, so I think they'll turn it around. It goes at least six. Yeah, so I picked the Clippers to actually represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. Um, I'm actually going to change my mind. I think this series is all but over. I'm loving what the Utah Jazz are doing. Um, They have to be right up there with Brooklyn as far as being dangerous. Just because Brooklyn has a top two right now with Harden out, but the Jazz are a deep team that plays defense, and they're also just a fucking monster at home. This is, this team at home during the season, 31-5. and five. Yeah, It's going to be so hard for the Clippers to win two games in Utah, let alone four of the next five. So I have this series being over. I love what Bogdanovich has done. O'Neal's done a great job on defense uh, on Kawhi. Gobert, obviously, just won Defensive Player of the Year. 
Mitchell, we know what he's doing, like Newman pointed out, and even Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, two two of the finalists for Sixth Man of the Year. The Jazz are fucking good. You had them in the NBA Finals, so I'll give you props for that. Um, Clippers just don't have the depth for me to win this series, and Utah's just a, t- a lot to handle. Uh, I'm going to break out a guarantee here. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to make our list. Evan guarantee. Colin guarantee. And Newman, if you venture out a guarantee tonight. I am going to guarantee this series is over. Maximum six games. Utah Jazz are going to take them easy. Wouldn't be surprised to see five. I'll give Leonard some respect and say six. Guarantee Jazz in or by six over the Clippers. Uh, I don't like the Clippers. I didn't. I wasn't high on them going into the playoffs. And I freaking love the Jazz. And you shit on my parade. And you (laughs) shit on my parade. Fucking Lakers. And who do you have? The Clippers? Well, I was on the Clippers. Oh, my God. You took both of you bozos. Well, he was on the Lakers. That's worse. But uh, honestly, it's not. I mean, LeBron and AD is way better than uh, Paul George. Um, uh, You're both idiots. Go Jazz. Go Suns. Get me my Western Conference final. For a guy who knows nothing about basketball, I'm doing quite well. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just don't really know why I went with the Clippers. Maybe it was Kawhi, because I love Kawhi Leonard. Um, I think he's one of the best players in the league. Um, But Utah, obviously, that home record is huge for me. They don't lose at home, and their crowd is fucking crazy. They don't lose Um, much on the road, either. Yeah, that's a valid point. They don't lose much in general. Yeah. but when you go up 2-0, if the Clippers were to, were, were to have stolen one game, which they could have easily done. Like, the, the games were tight at one point yeah. in both of them. Clippers had a lead, I believe, in yeah, game two. And then Jazz answered with a 9-0 yeah. run, and that was the end of it. So, Clippers had to, for me, get one in Utah. They didn't. And they just put themselves in a tough spot. Four out of five. Kawhi doesn't seem worried from what uh, he said to the media. Um... I would be pretty worried down 2-0 to this team. I, I get Dallas. Dallas is a different uh, team, like Colin pointed out, than Utah. Um, so it's going to be a lot to handle. And Kawhi's going to have to play lights out. He's going to have to play. He is playing lights out. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> He's not on Donovan Mitchell's level. Donovan Mitchell's been the best player in the playoffs in the NBA yep. for me this year. Booker probably second, and Durant probably third. Those would be my top three. And if I'm missing some somebody, let me know. I mean, Jokic. Jokic is pretty He's good. probably, he's got to be top five. Really but good. Um, probably Embiid. Or, I mean, Trey Young. Trey Young's um, been great. DeAndre Ayton's been really good. Yep. Can't forget about Gobert. Just one yeah. defensive yeah. player of the year. Again. <laughs> yeah. It seems like that's just his award yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, it's his award. Um, Shall I move on to the next series? Yeah. yeah. Suns, Nuggets. Suns up 2-0. Uh, what are your thoughts, Newman? I feel like we're all going to agree on this one pretty I think, quickly. I think it's over. Yeah. I mean, the Suns just look fantastic. Aiton has elevated his game 20-10 and 10 in Game 1, 15-10 in Game 2. Booker, consistent as always. Chris Paul, 15 points, 15 assists for the third time in the playoffs. No turnovers in that Game 2. That's incredible. Um, I would like to guarantee that the oh. Suns, I'll, I'll walk back on my Lakers after the Suns beat them. <laughs> the Suns will win the whole thing. Whoa! <laughs> wow. wow. Chris Paul rides off. He gets his ring. Booker gets his ring. 
Does Chris Paul retire with a ring? I know he wants to run it back already. I think but... he, I think he'll run it back. Getting I don't a, know. Getting I, a ring I, would change things, though. Yeah, I don't think he'd retire. Getting a ring to me is like, well, he, he probably says, "Well, I've done everything now." But then again, like he's, the he's looking for three years, so he's obviously yeah. feels like he's got more he's to do for the future. Yeah. 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 What are your thoughts, Ev? Yeah. Kind of a pretty similar to Newman, like you said. You thought we'd all agree here. Excuse me. I think this series is over. Um, I mean, Phoenix is just a different breed. I mean, so far within the two games, they've scored 122 and 123. And their high scorer in either game is Mikal Bridges, 23 points. So they're really spreading out the love on offense. They got like six guys, seven guys, who are putting up like at least 13 points. And, and Booker in the last game had only 18. And they're still having the success that they're having. Um, again, this is another great team at home. So you look at the the fact that Denver has to win four out of five. Uh, Phoenix was 27-9 and nine at home this year. Uh, and we saw what they did against the Lakers, really played well at home. Obviously lost game two, I believe. But um, other than that, they won all the home games. Uh, for me, they're a better coach. Um... Not a knock on Mike Malone, but I just think Monty Williams should have won Coach of the Year, didn't. It's a disgrace. Which is a disgrace. Uh, I don't know why people are voting for Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> I mean, maybe for third place, fourth place, but not for first. Um, so for me, this series is over. Um, you know, I only like to guarantee stuff that's kind of maybe outlandish. So, um, you know, I guess I'll guarantee Utah and Phoenix to win uh, their series. Uh it's not very outlandish. It's not. I mean, I don't know. I'd say, and to make it a little more interesting, let's say um, in five games, max. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just don't think yeah, L.A. or Denver. I get the home. If if I were to pick a team that has more a better chance to come back, Newman said it. He doesn't think the Clippers are out. I think the Clippers could get a game or two at home, and that would obviously change things for me. But I think Denver's all but all but done. Yeah, I won't um, really speak to it much. I, I think everything's been said. Uh, I'll go Suns in five. Not a guarantee, just a prediction. Uh, but they're clearly the better team. I think Jokic coming off the uh, the MVP nod, who I, I thought it should have been Curry, uh, personally. But I think he'll steal a game at home. But no more than that. Suns in five. Yeah, let's go Suns. Flip over to the East, Sixers, Hawks. I think this has been probably the most entertaining series. Uh, I, both Eastern games yeah. have been, or series have been much better than the West. Yeah. Um, 76ers lose game one at home, come back, answer, win game two at home, going to Atlanta tonight, I believe. Yep. What do you guys think? I, I think this is a little closer than people yeah. anticipated. I, yeah. I mean, after the game one, I was like, holy shit. I thought it was going to be a straight, you know, five games. I mean, it still could go five games, I guess. But I'm not looking that way. I mean, like, Trey Young, what he did in the first series, he's not doing – he's not scoring 40 points. It was Collins and Bogdanovich each put up 20 in game one. Obviously, the Sixers kind of figured that out in game two. They combined for 22 in game two in the loss. So I think the, the Sixers have kind of figured it out. Embiid averaging 40 points. Looks like a menace. Could have definitely won MVP as well. Probably the most entertaining series so far. Tied at one. I don't know. I, I still think the Sixers win. Probably could be in five games. I'll give them I'll give six games. 
Yeah, I, I agree, Connor. I think Philadelphia's the better team, and I think you're seeing Joel Embiid right now just balling out. Um, and it's kind of crazy because they got Clint Capella, who's a pretty good defensive setter uh, in his own right, uh, just not able to c contain Embiid. Um, and, and for me, the series will come down to the role players. Like, for me, Joel Embiid and Trey Young kind of cancel each other out. Uh, so it comes down to really players like Tobias Harris, who's had a fantastic playoffs. Uh, Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Collins, uh, Seth Curry's been great for the Sixers. I think 20 points in both games. So for me, it'll come down to that. But I think the Sixers are just the better team here. They were the one seed for a reason. And Atlanta, yeah, they had a great series against the Knicks. But I think all good things come to an end. And I think uh, you might see Trey Young maybe start to struggle a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if he had a couple bad games. When I say bad, I mean, like, maybe 20 points. Like, not going crazy. Yeah. Uh, the Sixers are a great defensive team. Obviously, Ben Simmons locking down the point. I have not heard Ben Simmons' name in the last three months, and somehow he's a defensive player of the year finalist. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't do anything on offense. But, I think he's uh, one of the most overrated players in the league. <laughs> but I still think Trey Young's going to have a couple – uh, duds, and I think uh, the series is over. So for me, I'm going to go Philadelphia in five. I think they'll win out. I think it's going to go to seven. I think Trey Young's going to light it up. I think he's like going to get hot. Um, I, I do have 76ers still advancing. They are certainly the better team, and Bede is the best player in the series. Um, no disrespect to Trey Young, but I don't even think it's that close, personally. Um, yeah. And Bede just dominates on all facets of the ball. Um, offense, defense, rebounding—like he's just—he does it all. Great yeah. leader, even though I dislike him, uh, and not a knock to Trey Young, but he's just really an offensive threat. Um, but yeah, it's been—you know—entertaining to see on my Instagram feed. Uh, I wouldn't watch it, but um, yeah, I like Trey Young. I like the Hawks. They're a good young team. I think they have, with this core five to seven year window if they can keep everyone together of contention i think they're one one other star away from being that top tier of contenders i like john collins a lot i wouldn't consider him a star the only player i would is trey young um and even still he's young he's got a lot of room to grow so uh, yeah i like the hawks they're definitely up and coming but i'm gonna go 76ers and our last series the bucks net series uh, 86-83. Uh, I tell you, I uh, I did like an NBC Sports pick 'em. It's free and you can win money. So I do it like every time I can. Mm. Um, and I had like 122 to 117 as the final. Uh, I was off by like 40 <laughs> points on each side. So like 80. Yeah, combined. I, it was off big yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I think this series is almost a little closer than people expected. What are your thoughts, Newman? What a weird fucking series. The I mean, 30 to 11? The, the Nets scored 11 points the in the net, first quarter. The Nets scored 115 in game one, 125 in game two, and then 83? What the fuck? Oh, wait, that was game three? Yeah, it's 2-1. Fuck, I yeah. thought it was 1-1. One, one. Why didn't you guys correct me? Oh, well, I didn't even know. I don't, I I don't said, think you said 1-1. One, one. I thought I said 1-1 one, one, like when I introduced oh, all the series. I don't, I don't think you did. I think I would have heard you. Yeah, we'll have to rewind the tapes. It's two, yeah. <laughs> so it's 2-1. Nets are up. The Nets, up. the Nets just looked like they were going to steamroll. I was about yeah. to text Evan and be like, oh, your Bucks Pucks are fucking Pucks trash. needed that last time. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the shooting in the other game, 86-83, it was fucking trash. I think they shot like 17% from three. Like, so weird. 
And the weirdest thing, 86 points for the Bucks, Middleton and Giannis had 68 of them. Like, it was just two wow. of them. That's so weird. 79% of the that. points. It was just such a strange, strange game. They they had the lead, they lost it at the end, and then they got it back when it counted. I don't know. I, I mean, it looks to me like Nets in five. I think that was just a fluke that the Nets shot like yeah. shit. So I, not something that will repeat itself. Well, we saw the Celtics win game three in Boston. Um, obviously, more points than in, in that game, but uh, to that point, you always see. Piece from Tatum helped, yeah. certainly. Oh, yeah. But, like, for me, if a team is going to steal a game, it's game three. Uh, just coming off the two home games, you have a sense of urgency. you got to win. You can't go down 3 0. Because if, if it goes 3 0 in a series, it's all but over, uh, especially playing Brooklyn. So I think Milwaukee was playing with that sense of urgency, although they only scored 86 points, so I don't know how much of a sense of urgency that is. Uh, but you talk about the Nets' struggles offensively. Joe Harris, three points in 37 minutes. You, you'll never see that again with Joe Harris. Just a great shooter. Uh, and obviously he has to step up in the absence of James Harden. I think he's in the starting lineup and only have three points. Uh, is kind of crazy. Blake Griffin, only five points in 30 minutes. So these are kind of players that you'd expect more out of. And, and Kyrie Irving only had 22. And I think without James Harden, you kind of expect Kyrie to get about 30, 35. Kevin Durant, only 30. Um, only 30. Only 30. <laughs> you're seeing what Donovan Mitchell's doing. Fucking third in, in of their total points. Yeah. <laughs> Over um, a third. But to my point, this stuff won't happen again. I mean, I, I'd agree with Newman. I think it's going to be Brooklyn in five. I was super high on the Bucks. Obviously, I picked them to sweep the Heat. Uh, but I think their luck is going to run out here. It's Brooklyn. No one's going to be Brooklyn. Um, so I, I, wrote, I wrote down Brooklyn in five, and um, they'll be moving on to probably play Philly. Yeah, I'll say six, but pretty much same same thing as you guys said. Yeah. Move on to the NHL. Yeah. This well, is our, our favorite time. <laughs> yeah. So Colorado, Vegas finished up two nights ago. Vegas comes back from 2-0 down to win four straight. Thank you very much, Colin. Uh, Montreal sweeps the Winnipeg Jets. Thank you very much, Newman. Uh, Tampa Bay pretty much handles Carolina in five. And the Boston Bruins poopied in their pants and lost in six to the Islanders. So that sets us up for Tampa Islanders uh, conference final. And Vegas Montreal conference final, technically not conferences, yeah. but it's a conference final round. Uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Montreal over here. <laughs> Montreal, baby. How about them Habs? Um, I mean, I think it just goes to show, though, no Shifley, no wins. I like the Jets after I'd say game two looked dead, like they didn't want to win. Uh, Price, I'll keep. Popping on the price spin wagon, 942 save percentage in the series, unbelievable. Um, I don't know, Hellebuck tried in game four. I thought he had like, I think 40 saves. Tried his best. Cole Caulfield, another overtime assist. Kids, ridiculous. Kids special. Yeah. JJ Watts in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. The Wisconsin boys. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I said they would uh, take the Avalanche to six. Now that's Vegas, though. I'm tempted to send them to the final. Oh my god. <laughs> But I won't, because I don't want Tampa to play them. That's not the route against them. That's sad. So, so what's your pick? <laughs> my pick, my pick is the Golden Knights, and I will take them in six. I think the the, the Montreal Magic runs out. Ed. Yeah. So if we're talking about, uh, you talked a little about a little bit about Montreal, Winnipeg. Series shocked me, to be quite honest. Did not see that 
being a sweep. I think we had Winnipeg. I think you obviously had Montreal. Well, we well, originally we, had Edmonton. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Edmonton, Toronto. Yeah. Right. That didn't fucking happen. Yeah. Um, so... Good on uh, good on Montreal, uh, you know, surprising the hockey world, and all the hockey world is doubting them again. Um, and you put, I mean, listen, if Carey Price wasn't the goalie, this team would have probably lost round one. So to your point, we we doubted. We did. Price. Shit, yeah, I shat nice. on Carey Price. Yeah. I said since 2017 he sucked, <laughs> <laughs> and he has. He has right. won like 15 good game stretch. Yeah, so fuck off, Carey Price. Yeah. Um, to preview this series, though. Um, for me, Vegas is a little, is obviously the far better team, in my opinion. I was just going to say a little. <laughs> I think I, I take their depth a little bit more, although Montreal's fourth line. I mean, Corey Perry, what a series he had against the Jets. I mean, the dude's throwing it back to when they won the cup in, what was it, 2007 or something like that? Like, good for him and, and the rest of the, their depth. I think Deneau really stepped up and, um, you know, Caulfield, you mentioned Suzuki, Anderson, like Toffoli. I mean, everyone was producing for them. Um, but this will be a t- obviously a much harder series. I love Vegas's defense and goaltending. Love Flurry. I love the young defense. I'm a huge Shea Theodore and Alec Martinez fan. And not to mention they have Petrangelo, which is huge. Um, and the Carlson, Marcia, so Smith line. One of the most <gasps> underrated lines in hockey. They're Fucking really heating hot. up. Uh, Wild Bill, 11 points in 13 playoff games. So he's really finding his groove. Scored last night in the decisive game six. And for me, it's a huge coaching advantage for Vegas. I mean, Peter DeBoer's been to the cup finals with New Jersey. Um, you know, San obviously Jose. all that success with San Jose went to the cup again against Pittsburgh, although they lost again. Um, I-, I think Peter DeBoer is one of the best coaches in the league. I don't think he gets enough credit. And uh, what is his name? Uh, Dominic Ducharme, like great coach. He he should get the job, uh, but I think he might get outsmarted in this series, and I think it's a big advantage for Vegas. I have the Knights in five games. Moving on. I think one thing that's overlooked Vegas is like you go from a like a guy like Gallant who led you to the cup right away, and then you just it's like replacing Gallant with a doppelganger like just as good of a coach who has experiment uh, experience it's like Vegas never really missed a step during that transition when Montreal plummeted down the standings after the firing yeah and then turned it around right also we gotta talk a little bit about Colorado Vegas or can I should I just yeah go ahead all right so if I were to pick a loser of the week that I could honestly toss in my garbage can it would be the Colorado Avalanche defenseman, but in particular, and I hate to do it because I had him on my fantasy team and I'm a Sam huge Gerard. fan of his. Sam Gerard <laughs> looked fucking lost all series long. Watching the highlights on Sportsnet and uh, Gary Galley, the uh, color commentator for Sportsnet. I mean, just ripping him. The dude, he's for some reason on one of the goals last night, just not even, he's up with the forwards. Uh, and, and if you combine games three through six, Sam Gerard minus nine. <laughs> minus nine. <laughs> he was a minus three in game three, minus one in game four, minus one in game five, and a fucking minus four in game six. Was he on the ice for a goal in those games, you know? Uh, for like Colorado goal? Yeah, like, I don't know. But you no can't way. be a minus nine and be getting 20 minutes a night. And being a top defenseman, thank God they were playing Devon Taves with Kale McCarr. Um, but then you look at McCarr, minus two, zero, minus one, minus one. Like, the defense was awful for 
for Colorado. In particular, Patrick Nemeth, too. Looked well, awful. I mean, it's Patrick fucking Nemeth. Awful. <laughs> so many bad turnovers that led to Vegas goals. So. Graves looked bad on one. Graves looked bad. He's on here. He was like a minus, uh, fucking minus six in the series, or in those four games, so. But Sam Gerrard. <laughs> You're my fucking loser of the week, and you belong in the trash can for your performance with uh, games three through six. And I think Jared Bednar probably ripped him a new asshole because he's not shy to rip his players. No, he's not. Um, yeah, I, I have a couple things I'd like to say about the Vegas Colorado series. Number one, I picked Vegas. Everybody said I was dumb, especially when Colorado went up to nothing. Happy I stuck with my pick. Happy I had faith. If only now I could change them to my cup winners because I had them losing to Carolina. Yep. Um, you know what? Fuck it. You can change it. Here's yep. a call and guarantee. Yep. Fucking Vegas wins the cup. Mm. Let's go. Call and guarantee. Vegas winning the cup. I mean, their hotline, their best line. Sorry, I can't fucking speak in right. Their best line <laughs> is red hot right now. Their defense is so deep, so good. Their depth scoring has been phenomenal throughout the playoffs, as yep. I predicted. Their defense is great. I, I mean, they're so complete. The coaching, as Evan pointed out, is great. And the other thing I wanted to talk about is Nathan McKinnon. Uh, I don't know if you guys had the chance to watch the presser last night. I watched it this morning. Um, just three minutes of Nathan McKinnon wanting to shoot himself in the face. Uh, <laughs> could not have been more of an asshole to the reporters. Could not have given less yep. of a shit. Um, and I feel for the guy, like, he makes a great point. I'm going into my ninth year, and I still haven't won anything. And winning, sorry. <laughs> talking thirsty. Hydrate or die yeah. 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 yeah, talking too much. I spit so I can yield. <laughs> um, when you're w one of the best, if not, I mean, people are talking about him as the greatest player on the planet during the first series and games one and two. And, and still, he had ten points in the series. Like, he was still a huge factor. I... Don't get how Colorado can't figure it out in the playoffs. Their roster is so good. They're so deep. Their first line is second best in the league, in my opinion, behind Bergeron, Marsha, and Pasta. Yeah, um, I agree. It, it's just like you got Kale McCarr back there, who's somehow a Norris finalist. We should talk about that as well. Um, I don't understand that at all. But I don't get it for Colorado. Grubauer, I haven't seen much of the highlights, but I have to imagine didn't play well. To give up in game six, not a lot of goals. Hardly. Yeah, um, it, it's just kind of sad. To, I, I'd compare Nathan McKinnon to a Mike Trout right now. I mean, he's just being wasted in Colorado when he shouldn't be. He has a far better situation than Mike Trout does, so I don't think it's to that extent. But uh, definitely a waste of talent. But fucking go Golden Knights. I think they're gonna walk all over Montreal. I don't think it's gonna be close. And uh, no, no sweep. Uh, five, maybe six. Uh, just because of Price. I, I will say Price has been phenomenal. Great prediction, Newman. But to me, the question about Montreal is, like, think about all these guys that are playing huge parts. Joel Armia, Paul Byron, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, who are the other morons? Uh, Corey Perry. Uh, like, old guys that really haven't done anything in the regular season, and they're turning it on for the playoffs. All the credit in the world to them. I just wonder, how long can they keep it up? Yeah, well, I mean, one more big one, too. Eric Stahl's had a great playoff. Yeah, so these are a guys great deal. Just, but, like, they're great veterans that know how to play hockey. They understand what playoff hockey is. They know how to get it done, clearly. And the young guys have been great, too, as Newman pointed out. Caulfield seems like he has an assist on every OT winner. Suzuki's a fucking speedster out there. Cockney Emmy's playing well. And the defense has been really good. 
even without Jeff Petrie in game four. Um, so it, it's just been a really great effort from Montreal. I don't want to say that Vegas is going to walk all over them, but I think Vegas is just far better. They score more goals. They're, I still will give Flurry the advantage, even though Price has been phenomenal, just because, as I pointed out, Price has just not been what Flurry has over the last few years. Um, I'll go Vegas, but I, I'm happy for Montreal. It's good for hockey that Montreal is good Very again. Good, it's good for hockey. Yeah. Uh, flip over to the other side. Yeah. Talk about Tampa Islanders, and also if we want to talk about the previous series as well. Yeah, we can. Yeah, Mr. Tampa. Mr. Tampa, we did it. <laughs> I had I had little faith, but uh, I know you didn't even pick him to make another first round. Well, what an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I personally would would not pick against my team, although I did. Well, I figured I figured it's an official pod round. now. I got to take it seriously, so I, I gave the extra yeah. Florida. But you know, That's Tampa fair. turned it on in the playoffs. I mean. I'll be real. We had no business winning games one or two against Carolina. Criminally outshot. Vasilevsky, 970 save percentage. Stole us both. Poor Alex Nedeljkovic. <laughs> Got no run support in any of the three games. I combined two goals in the three games he played. Uh, he looked fantastic. Um, just sucks. I thought the Canes were probably the better team in the first three games, and then Tampa kind of figured it out, turned it on down the stretch. Looked very good. <laughs> Um, I'm very high on them now. Now that I wasn't earlier, I'm sorry, my team. Um, <laughs> Kucherov looks great. Brain Point, I win a well. We all love Brain Point. Unreal. He's unreal. Um, but the Island- I mean, don't count the Islanders though. Brought us, took us to six last year. Overtime goal away from taking us to seven. So I won't count the Islanders and Barry Trotz at all. So what's your series pick? My series pick, Tampa and. Six. Um. Okay. I'm sure you're gonna talk about the Islanders. I I'll, I can talk about the Islanders. Um. I have a guarantee. Uh, let me get my pen ready. The New York Islanders will, will beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in this series. How many and then games? they. I have seven written down. I'm not willing to guarantee that though. I'll say. The I'll just I- say Islanders and seven. That's a guarantee. And then, I'm going to guarantee the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. (laughs) Y'all probably think I'm dumb. No. But we saved the tapes. Yeah. Um, man. I only disagree because I just guaranteed Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, what's not to like about the Islanders? First of all, Nassau Coliseum. A rocking every fucking time. And... Could be down six I, nothing and they would be fucking rocking. Yeah, and when the Bruins lost that game to, uh, with the Casey Sizikas overtime goal, in the back of my mind I knew they were going there and I was like, "Fuck." I think we both said that to each yeah. other. I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to go. There. <laughs> Place was rowdy. They had a hard time there. All three games they had a hard time there. They were lucky to win game four or game three with Marshan, considering the onslaught that the Islanders had. Um, obviously, game six, they looked fucking terrible. Um, the Bruins did. So, that environment is one of the best in the NHL, and I think that's a huge advantage for them. I think they love to play there. It's the last time in the building. I think that definitely has something yeah. to do with it. Oh, absolutely. yeah. They played fantastic there. Uh, Tampa's power play is playing at an unreal clip. I think it's over 40%. And I had just general some general thoughts that we can maybe talk about the NHL as well. Uh, but I have... I just expect the Tampa Bay power play to cool off. I mean, 
it's been fucking good. And, and it's really dangerous. We'll have to see kind of what the officiating is like in this round. I know we'll maybe talk about that. I'll well. talk about that. <laughs> uh, but I expect Tampa Bay power play to cool off. Um, one of my favorite, I hate to say it, one of my favorite players in the NHL. They, I mean, the Islanders have a lot of players I like. But Jean-Gabriel Pajot might be one of the most underrated players in the NHL and also one of the most underrated uh, defensive forwards. We saw what he did to Bergeron. Usually on the ice when that line was out there. Uh, I, I think did Bergeron he's... even score a goal in the series? I don't think so. Don't With that think one so. in game two. Oh, you're right. Yep. With that one-timer to make it 3-2. Oh, uh, yeah. That was... <sighs> what a fucking goal that was. That was a snipe. <laughs> um, I don't even think Pajot was on the ice for that, though. No, I don't either. So, Pajot's my X-Factor in this series. And then, the fourth line of the Islanders, I mean, we can talk about this, too. I think they're, they got to be one of the best fourth lines in the league. I mean, Matt Martin, Casey Sezikas, Cal Clutterbuck, they hit. Um, I expect them to be, I expect Barry Trotz to have confidence uh, in them, even when people like Stamkos and Point are out there. Like, I don't think he he's worried about putting them out there against that matchup but i think like for the bruins if they were playing tampa bay bruce cassie would have no faith to put lazar uh widener corrali out against the sam coast line so i think that's a huge another huge advantage for the islanders and varlamov is hot i mean this dude's playing out of his mind right now probably if they kept sorokin they probably they would have lost the series so another great decision by barry trotz and obviously he's one of the best coaches in the nhl as is john cooper so i think it's two smart minds coming uh, together for this series. I have Islanders in seven. Love the Islanders. Kyle Palmieri, what a fucking trade by Lula Morello. We had Brendan Burke on the podcast, and he said, expect somebody that, you know, is maybe off the radar a little bit. Kyle Palmieri, I think we expected the Islanders maybe want to go get Hall, maybe a bigger piece. Uh, they went I, with I would have said he was the second biggest fish out there. Yeah, he was one of them, but I think, personally, I thought that they would go get Hall uh, or Forsberg, but it was a little different when Nashville was bad, but um, yeah, just love what he's been able to do. Seven goals in the playoffs. I think Marion Gabrick has the record from a midseason trade acquisition at 14. Um, yeah. He could very well get there only halfway through the playoffs. So, Yeah, um, before I talk about the Bruins series, there are a couple points I wanted to talk about the Islanders um, when I haven't brought them up. Um, the fourth line is awesome, absolutely awesome. Uh, I'm going to say it's probably Pajot. Does Point play with Stamkos? No. Point plays with Kucherov and Palak, right? Yeah. I'm going to say Pajot is out against them, and the fourth line is out against Stamkos. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that also, if you play that matchup, that gives you Barzal on a third or fourth line, which is probably Blake Coleman, which is... That's the Coleman cord. Yeah, which is probably very, what Tampa very, wants. Yeah, very, very so yeah. this series, matchup-wise, is going to be awesome. Oh, the goaltending, I'd say right now, is even. The defense, I'd give the Islanders the edge. Offensively, yep. I'll give Tampa the edge. But matchups, if you can get, if you get Pajot on point, if you get the fourth line on Stamkos and hit the piss out of him, and then if you get Coleman on Barzal, like, to me, that's three lines on both teams that are just neutralized. And that leaves it up to Tampa's fourth and the Islanders' second with Palmieri. No, Palmieri's with Pejo. Palmieri's the third with um, Pejo and Zajac, right? Yeah, and that, then the it's Beauvillier, Bailey, and Nelson, which was, I would make the argument, the yeah. Islanders' best line. 
Um, Brock Nelson was amazing in games five and six. Beauvillier yeah. is a fast motherfucker. He's yeah. always buzzing around. Always around the net. Yeah. Um, that, that's, I mean, I just got a little bit of a, a hockey heart on there just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. That's It's going to be a great series. I'm definitely going to watch. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. But to go back to the Bruins Islanders series. Wait, I, real quick before you do so, what's your pick? Oh, fuck. I'm not ready. Let me talk about the series okay, first. I'm not ready. Go I'm not it, ready. It. It's, Take your time. It's too close. Um, I'm, I don't want to come off as, you know, that stupid fan that just complains about the refs. I understand the Bruins were outplayed in all facets of the game. Absolutely. But the refereeing was so inconsistent and so, like, it just varied so much, even game to game. Even period to period, it was bad. Uh, I'll go back to game two. First, Sean Crowley gets the boarding call with under two minutes to go in the third period. Uh, he's got his hands literally next to each other. Sorry, it was a cross check. He's got his hands literally next to each other on the stick, pushes Paul Mary in the butt. He goes down. Good sell job. It's not a cross check. It, it, for it to be a cross check, you have to be across the stick and check. You, <laughs> there was none of this motion. There was not the cross checking motion. It, maybe a board, maybe, but under two minutes in a fucking Stanley Cup playoff game, and you're going to call a ticky-tack call like that. And then in game three, they come back, same play, I believe it was Palmieri on Marchand, that was either a cross-check or a board, no call. Goes by the wayside. Then you have the whole Nick Ritchie, Adam Pellick, um, matching penalties, even though Pellick was the only one to throw a punch. He was the one who initiated the whole scrum. Um that was earlier after Marshan had gotten a penalty for what should have been a matching against... I fucking forget who it was. Oh, I know, exactly. He was all over about. somebody, but... Oh, Komarov, I think it was. Yes. They were both yep. punching each other in the face, and only Marshan gets a penalty. Um, I mean, you think about the weak slashes. Wagner got one. Corrali got one. Uh, bad that I'm bringing up fourth-line names. Always taking penalties for the Bruins. But uh, even Paul Mary was called for a, just a fucking garbage slash. Like... I get the NHL is trying to, yeah, they're trying to get rid of the stick on hands, but it's the cup, and, like, Palmieri did not affect the shot. Corrali did not affect the shot. They had no difference in the outcome of the play, and they weren't even high-quality scoring chances, and they're calling ticky-tack penalties. The Bruins' power play sucked ass without Carlo and Miller. Uh, it's obvious that they need some physical physicality yeah, like on the back end. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, what did I say, power play? Yeah. Uh, I he, what you well, mean. their power play sucked ass, too. It I didn't it show up. up. I didn't think it showed up in games five or six. I guess game five they had a couple to come back. But still, like, uh, in game six, I know they only scored once on the power play. Yeah. yeah. That was the first one. Um, Real quick, can I just yeah. jump in and add something? You, you, you come up with a bunch of examples. I mean, another one that comes to my mind is you talk about the cross-check with Corrali. You the fucking at, you elbow at, on McAvoy in game well, yes, six. That, that was the worst one of that all. Was the of worst them. One. After the whistle in the face, and it's not a penalty. Yeah. But then you also have you talk about cross checking. You had Matt Barzell in that battle with David Krejci. Just boom, four cross checks. That was worse. And then Krejci gets one for. Sure, shoved his stick up his balls. You shouldn't do it, but fuck, man, he's fucking pounding him. Yeah, it's a penalty. One more that pissed me off was the. Delay game missed call. Oh, I mean, that such would have a been pivotal a point, huge too. power play. Yeah. And they were down two. They obviously got one back. And then Bergeron went and took yeah. the same penalty. 
Yeah, yeah right. You'd never see. It sucks. It sucked. Uh, the, the officiating, uh, not even in just this series, just all across the board, has been poor. Um, but just yeah. watching, yeah. It, it seemed exemplified to me. That's yeah. not the word. No, I agree. As someone with no stake in the game, like I would normally think you guys were a bunch of babies, but I watched it too. You no, guys are hundred percent right. Yeah. Like, but to to credit the Islanders though, I feel like their power play made the most. The of Islanders it. of any team in the NHL make the most of the little opportunities they get. Like yeah. the, every time, I feel like they got a scoring chance, they scored. Like yeah. I and it sucks because because I, they get so few. Yeah, <laughs> and the, I think honestly, this is probably one of the first series I've watched where I don't think the better team won. Like honestly, I thought the Bruins were the better team in the first four games, maybe even part of the fifth game as well. And third the, period of the fifth game. The Islanders were just able to hang in there and score the fluky bounces off the deflections and all that shit. And yeah. I mean, I guess the PK of the Bruins didn't come up big when they needed to. Rask couldn't make a big save to fucking save anyone, um, mm. which is tough. But for me in that series. The home team should have won all three games, and we should be going to Game Seven. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because you had the Lazon unlucky pass, the Clifton off the off the skates. So you had that. So for me, the Bruins were dominating OT to that point. That was a backbreaking goal. Like we said, we were like, "Fuck!" Now we got to go back to New York tied. Yeah, home ice advantage is huge, especially for the Bruins. They play so good at home. They feed off that crowd. And so do the Islanders. So you go back to uh, I think the Islanders were probably the better team in Game. Four. I'm trying to think what was game game, game three, three the Islanders the, dominated the yeah. overtime and Marchand yeah. scored that. Right. So the, the Bruins, Bruins were dominant all 60 minutes yeah. until they got to the overtime the, I thought the Bruins played the um, maybe the best 180 minutes of regular yeah. play that they did all year in games one through three considering how the game went though in overtime thought the Islanders were going to win Yeah, Marchand scores 2-1 then game four I thought the Islanders were probably the better team. They had the better, in my opinion. That was the game pasta. And that, and that was the turning point in that series for me was that Pasternak miss. Yes. Um, because it could have made it one nothing. then you get like, – it was just – would have been a, a power play goal. And yeah. Bruins got 2 nothing. Right. It's just a whole different game. Game five, I was shot him like 44 to 19. That was at yeah. home. Should have won that game. And then you go back and the Islanders were the better team at home in game six. So – I think we should have a game seven, and I think the home home teams were should have won all three. But just a couple other points. I know we've been talking about the Bruins for a while. You want another fucking loser of the week, Matt fucking Grizzly. Yeah. I love the guy. Played piss poor defense all series. Really, uh, he's playing on the top pair with McAvoy, who is an absolute wagon. He's going to be top five defenseman in the league next year. He's already in my Norris stock next year. McAvoy, so good. Um, but Grizzlick, he's up there. Not that McAvoy can't provide offense, but McAvoy is playing that top defender role. Grizzlick's able to take some more risks offensively because McAvoy is so sound defensively, and Grizzlick doesn't do anything on offense. Yeah. And defensively, he sucked. Game six, he was miserable. He was terrible. Um, so that's a loser for me. Yep. The other loser is the fourth line of the Bruins. Lost Lazar in game five. Uh, Trent Frederick, what a poor guy sitting on the bench. Like, I, I thought he should have been in. Yeah, press box. I thought he should have been in. Wagner, I, I understand the physicality, veteran presence. Like He's been there. He knows what he's doing. And he had good spurts, but he also had terrible plays, terrible penalties. Yeah. And he's just he looked a step slower than everyone. And Corrali. Corrali might be my loser. If, I if, mean, no. I, I, he took a couple of wishy-washy penalties that probably shouldn't have been called. Hmm. But 
and, and they came back to bite the Bruins in the ass, I wouldn't have really blamed them on him. Um, but it's a guy that has scored clutch goals in the playoffs in the past for the Bruins. You think about 2018 run. The fourth line was their best line. They came up when they needed it. They played great lockdown defense on the top line, and, and it's just not that kind of line anymore. Um, yeah, they're definitely a loser for me. Yeah. The reason why I feel like Corrales is a loser was because you have him on the fourth line. Obviously, the fourth line did nothing. And, now, and obviously, after this, we can get off the Bruins. But you have him on the fourth line. Your fourth line scores zero goals all series. All right. Well, Corrales on the penalty kill. Let's see how the penalty kill does. Oh, I mean, come on. That, that's not on the fourth That's the defenseman on, on the penalty but, kill. I understand he what He did have saying. that one play where he didn't clear the puck Listen, and he scored. Exactly. That drop pass, the no-look drop pass, and obviously the penalties that get wishy-washy, but I'm sorry. I mean, really, the bottom – everyone outside of the top line should be a loser for me. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you want my prediction? Yeah. Fuck. I'm torn. I am absolutely torn. And then I have a point to make on the Bruins. But you go. I am going – God, I, I, I picked Tampa in round one. You guys didn't. I didn't pick them in round two. I thought Carolina would beat them. And it looked like Carolina was a better team, like Newman said. But they figured it out. Uh, they are $18 million over the cap, which I think is fucking absurd. Oh, I can uh, talk about that too later. Yeah. That's um, not true. I, uh, it is true. I understand <laughs> some of that money is to players that aren't playing, like Marion Gabbard and Thomas yeah, Nielsen. Half of it is. But that doesn't matter. It, those, you took on those contracts... To gain assets. Yeah. And then, to me, that's just absolute bullshit. All, hey, all sure, Kucherov, like, all right, right, like, I'll let it go. Like, I've fought it for so long. I'll, I'll give it to you, whatever. It's how it works. But $18 million is fucking nuts. That's a fourth of the payroll. That's a fourth of the oh, NHL no. salary cap. That's fucking crazy. Well, it shouldn't be allowed. It should not be allowed. Islanders and seven. Oh, I have a quick thing to say. Islanders and seven. I have a quick thing to say. Oh, Islanders and seven. (laughs) Fuck Tampa. Um, I mean, another winner here is Connor for picking him up, and he's just gonna keep him. (laughs) What? I picked him up in fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. I'm gonna keep him. I hate you. Anyway, your point. Well, just quickly, I did actually did research that the year the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, they did the same thing with Patrick Kane. Like he was on long term. Huh. Yeah, but it wasn't eighteen million dollars over the cap. Well, either way, I'm saying the principle <laughs> is the same. You know, the principle is the same. Because it's only yes. nine million dollars. That's Kucherov. And yeah, but with, I, I don't think Patrick Kane was making more than nine. The, at the, the Maple Leafs did it last year, which no one talks about. With who? To Mar- Marner. To sign Marner, they put like eight players on long term IR. It was bullshit. So do, I mean, no, they're already the I'm saying it's oh, the NHL should. Be. My frustration is with everyone shitting on Tampa when their focus should be on the NHL. Like institute a no, hard it, cap. It should. There should be a hard cap. I agree. So I, get I, out of our Twitter. Just that it's well, not our fault. I ain't fuck on your Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> but anyway, fuck your Twitter. On the fuck topic of team. Twitter, I want to talk about the Bruins Twitter real quick, okay. because every year in the playoffs, I go to Bruins Twitter, and what is it? Rask. Oh my sucks. God. Rask. What a joke. Every goal. <laughs> Rask is bad. And I'm like, all right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. So I went and looked, right? Because I every year I'm like, Rask looks good. What is this bullshit? So this year, among goaltenders in the playoffs, play four games. Rask on quote unquote easy scoring chances, second, second best. And behind Hellbuck or something. Mm-hmm. On high danger chances, last. Doesn't make the big save when it matters. 500 mm-hmm. save percentage on the big save. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Um, I will also point out, it came out today, he played about half oh, the year absolutely. with a torn yes. labrum. Um, to put up 
a fucking sub two goals against and a incredible a nine thirty save percentage is obscene without your fucking hip. Um, <laughs> quite important to play goaltending if you didn't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the Rast hate has never made sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. He's an elite goaltender. Yeah, he is. What He's they would do without him is beyond me. Uh, we'll find out. No, I know. I guess, I guess you're yeah. forced to find out, which yeah. sucks. But for your agent. Yeah. Um, we're already about fifty minutes in. Let's quickly touch upon a couple things. Um, I'm doing the two minute rant today, <laughs> and then uh, we'll get out of here. So first thing I want to talk about: Julio Jones. Shipped off to Tennessee, uh, second rounder this year, fourth in the future um, for the Falcons franchise cornerstone for the last 10 years. Obviously made that gigantic trade to go and get him. Certainly paid off. One of the best wide receivers of all time. Went healthy. Um, and I think back to you know the Shannon Sharp incident. Julio has come out and said, I had no idea I was on TV. Really wanted it to be a private matter. Um and the Falcons had respected that, which to me says, fuck Shannon Sharp. I've never liked him anyways. Um, even more so, fuck him. I think that's bullshit. Shouldn't expose a relationship with a player like that on live TV. Um, but great for Tennessee. I mean, they were yeah. desperate for a wide receiver. I felt lost Humphreys, lost Davis, lost Smith. I mean, a lot of offense gone in the offseason without much replacement. And to give up only a second, I'm disappointed Belichick didn't make the move. Uh, I did hear afterwards that a lot of teams were weary of the cap, including the Pats. It's three years, $48 million. Certainly a hefty price to pay for a guy inching towards the back nine. Obviously some injury problems last year, but still put up almost 1,000 yards in 12 games. Um, the production's still there, and if he's healthy, Tennessee was like an 8-9 win team to me. I'd say 10-11 wins now with him healthy. What are your yeah, I feel like, to me, I feel like Tennessee is almost the, the Atlanta of the AFC. Like, their offense obviously is stacked now. Like, I feel like the Atlanta offense on paper has always been stacked like, yeah. with Ridley and all them. But, like, the defense is just terrible. 24th last year, and then they, I feel like they lost their entire secondary in yeah. free agency. So they got worse. Cut Jackson. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't... <laughs> just because they wouldn't pay him. <laughs> with, like, Atlanta, it didn't matter how many points they scored. They got scored on more. So I feel like it's a similar situation. Obviously, Tennessee with Derrick Henry, like they were a good team last year and made the playoffs. Um, what the fuck did they do in the playoffs? I don't even remember. They lost to Baltimore. Yeah, you're right. I think the difference between – I know I've been yapping a lot. The difference between the Titans and the Falcons in that aspect is the Titans have a guy like Henry and a quarterback like Tannehill that are much more game manager style players. Yeah, I would agree. You give Henry the ball, pounds it for four, pounds it for six, pounds it for four, like – and eats up that clock and keeps the defense off the field. And he can do that consistently all year because he's a beast. Tannehill, a lot of short throws, and he'll take that one-shot play action. He'll, he'll take the shot. Um, Matt Ryan, to me, more of a downfield-style quarterback. Obviously, with Julio and Ridley, they've been very explosive downfield, um, big plays, and, and really no running back since Devonta Freeman had that great year. So I think in that aspect, a little different, but I do see the comparison. Well, another just uh, something that is to keep in mind is Arthur Smith's gone. So I don't know how this is going to affect that play action. To Atlanta. To Atlanta. How funny <laughs> is that? Um, so I don't know how that will affect the offense. I don't think it will affect it very much just because of the skill that's on, on that offense. But I mean, I if think, you're the coordinator coming in, why change? 
they had I agree. some more success. Yeah. Why change it? Yeah, it's got to just be a lot of runs and a lot yeah. of play action. Um, talk about Atlanta. I think Atlanta's defense was far worse than Tennessee's. I think they're a choke uh, on that side of the ball. Um, and my real winner with the Julio Jones news is Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to try to get Ryan Tannehill shares in most of my fantasy leagues. Um, unless I'm sick at, like, you know, freaking Brady's there. Or, Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. right? But love Ryan Tannehill. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. And I think that Derrick Henry is as well. Um, so Brian, Tan- Brian Tannehill is my big winner. Criminally underrated. Yeah. Uh, almost yeah. better splits than Mahomes over the last like twenty-ish yeah. games or something. It's yeah. Unbelievable so. how underrated. And took a fifteen million dollar pay cut mm-hmm. to get Julio. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, gonna try to get a lot of shares of him. Yeah, that's all I had on baseball. Or sorry, that's all I had on football. Moving to baseball, a couple minutes ago, uh, I just got an alert about a tweet that I think is interesting to bring up. Uh, in the news recently, we've had some pitcher foreign substance scandals. Um, obviously, everybody's talking about the Garrett Cole interview where he just clams up after being asked if he cheats, pretty much openly admitting that he had in the past without saying, yes, I cheated. Um, and Pete Alonso came out and called the MLB out for doctoring balls, depending on the free agency class from year to year. 27 minutes ago, Mets GM Zach Scott says about Pete Alonso, I didn't know Pete was a conspiracy theorist. Uh, I think that's a terrible look Back for the Mets. The a fuck? brand new GM calling out his player, Pete Alonso, in national media. I get it from Bleacher Report. Um, just an awful move by him. I would have remained silent. But, yeah, I think it's something we should talk about, definitely. What do you think, Newman? Got to back it. Players. Like yeah. we were talking about with uh, Tony La Russa. Yeah. Right? Mm. But I guess on the on the pine tar thing in general, I'm all for the pine tar. Like I think it's 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 good for the pitchers. Um, the balls move more; it's more entertaining to watch. I think this year the mistake they made was deadening the balls too much. Like, a couple years ago, obviously the home runs were ridiculous because the balls were so lively and shit. And now I honestly, I mean, at the beginning of the year, no one was pen- like they said they were going to crack down on pine tar. They didn't, and I I thought a lot of people said you know. They're not doing that. They're just taking balls out of play just so they can come up with something that they can legalize, some kind of substance that everyone can use. And now it seems like they're cracking down on it. I think, I don't know, I'm for the pine tar if they make the balls not a fucking pile of lead. Um, but, yeah, like, I think it's good for the pitchers, to be honest. What are your thoughts on Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's great for the pitchers. Um, yeah, I think the pitchers is. are benefiting more than, everybody, than anybody else. Um Obviously, at work today, I was listening to Section 10, uh, and they were talking a little bit about it. Um, and this whole thing has a lot to do with like it's affecting even hitters. So, for example, like they talked about Jared Kellenic, right? Demoted, he gets demoted. I get granted Ofer's last whatever, but I mean, it's like the way baseball is right now, like it's costing people, especially hitters, money. It's such a uh, discrepancy also when you go from AAA to the MLB because they're not fucking teach that AAA. Yeah, right. Like, Kalanick could rake right. in AAA, but all of a sudden, a slider's moving a foot instead of six inches, right. and it's untouchable. Right. Uh, and we saw Giovanni Gallegos get tossed uh, from a game for, I don't know what it was, but he had some sort of substance on his hat. They checked him. He got tossed. Uh, Mike Schultz also got thrown out. But... I just think this is, uh, we're going to start seeing in baseball a lot, a lot more policing. Um, 
and it's going to be a lot of umpires checking the pitchers, uh, teams on the bench or in the dugout. They're going to watching. Wa- they're going to be watching. I think, um, but it's just funny to me that umpires are going to be policing all this. Meanwhile, they can't even do their other fucking job and call balls and strikes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just a kind of a mess. And for me, Rob Manfred is just a fucking loser. I think it's the worst commission that there is. Uh, Bud Selig, I liked him. I was young, but I thought baseball was good back then. Was, yeah, dude, <laughs> you know what? He's not a, uh, he's, he might be a worst commissioner. <laughs> With all the inactives in our fantasy baseball league. That's fair. That's just true. Uh, but point being, pitchers win, hitters lose. The average this year is like 230. It's unfortunate. Uh, we don't know who's cheating. We know lots of people are cheating. I hope Josh Donaldson releases whatever book he's writing yeah, to expose all these people. I'd love to see that shit. Um, uh, you know, it's just, it's bad for me. Yeah. It's bad for baseball. But like Newman said, pitchers won. That's yeah. the bottom line. Uh, I disagree with both of you. I don't think it's good for baseball. Um, uh, I think about well, I Donald. Think, I said I don't think it's good for baseball. You said... You, 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 he said it was good for baseball, and you I said it was agree. good for pitchers. You said I think it's good for baseball too. Oh no, I don't think it's good. For baseball. <laughs> I don't. I don't fucking recall saying that. You did. I did, definitely didn't recall he say that? Yeah, you yeah, said that. Fuck me. Um, you think about Josh Donaldson's teammate, Michael Pineda. I remember watching oh, that yeah. game live in Fenway. Uh, the the dugout goes, you know, go look at him, and he's got pine tar on his hand or his hat or whatever, and he gets tossed. Um, I saw. The punishment the MLB is proposing is 10 games without pay. Yeah. For a starter, that's really nothing. It's two starts. Um, so the team's not losing much, obviously. 10 games without pay. It's about 16th of the season. Maybe a fine chunk of change for guys who make a lot of money. Um, but really not that much in the grand scheme of things. I don't think it's a harsh enough penalty. I don't think it's going to deter everyone from cheating. And the other thing is, like, how old was I? What was McGuire and Sosa the summer of 94? Yeah. So, fucking 25, 27 years ago, the MLB was marketing the fuck out of cheaters, and now they want them all gone. Um, just an absolute 180. McGuire and Sosa could shoot needles into their arms on fucking second base after hitting a monster double, and the MLB wouldn't have said a thing. Um, juicing up all over the place. Everybody was at that point. And now... All the hitters stopped doing that, and the pitchers started using shit, and now it's just flip-flopped, you know? It used, I know, what was it, 2018, they set the record for home runs in the air with those oh, cute, yeah. uh, wicked, easy-to-hit baseballs. Um, but that was the summer of the home run. It was the Sosa-McGuire race. Everybody wanted to watch every single night. It was everywhere. And now it's all of a sudden, the pitchers are dominating. It's 3-1, 2-1, 3-2, 4-1, like, close, low-scoring games. And people don't want to watch that. They want to see home runs. That strikeouts are great if you're a baseball fan. Right. If you're a casual watcher just going to flip it on, you want to see a fucking jack over the monster. You don't want to see Bogart swinging that shit in the dirt, which he never does, by the way. Um, best shortstop in baseball. You can guarantee that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's good for baseball at all. I think it needs to be stopped. I mean, to see the likes of Garrett Cole, a Cy Young winner, openly not saying I didn't cheat is kind of concerning. I mean, if you think a guy at that level is doing it, fucking everybody must be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he looked like shit the past two starts. Probably without it. Probably without it. Although Uh, there is one guy who I'm 
pretty thing is not using it is Jacob the Grom. Yeah, I agree. Because his spin he's rates are disgusting. pretty average, and his spin rates have never spiked ever. So he's I'm, just gross. He's just gross. Cole's spin rates were up. Humongous. They dropped Houston. it, and then they... Houston must have cheated so oh many God. different fucking ways. Yeah. Uh, just a disgrace. Uh, Altuve, we're at the game Wednesday night. Got a sea of booze. Proceeded to hit a fucking jack out of Fenway Park. Uh, the place went dead silent. Um, Some Astros fans just yeah. flipping everybody off. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's bad for baseball. They need to fix it. They do need to fix it. About an hour in. Yeah, real quick, I just had some cool number, like just some MLB, like just like road home splits that I thought were pretty cool um, that I wanted to mention. So the Rockies, as bad as they are, actually 20 and 14 at home. Card place to win, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 5 and 24 on the road. Um, <laughs> Mets, 15 and 5 at home, uh, 15 and 19 on the road. So big home field advantage at City Field for the Mets. Cubs, 22 and 10 at home, which you probably expect. 14 and 17 on the road. They're in first place right now uh, in the uh, NL Central. And then you got the Cardinals, 2 and 8 in their last 10, which I thought was pretty weird. So just some uh, little nuggets there that I thought were pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, should we do the two-minute rant? Yeah, yeah somebody, take it away. Somebody want to throw a timer on me? I think we should add a timer aspect um, to just really solidify the two minutes. Yep. Make it um, its own little unique segment. So when Evan starts it, I'll go. All right. Go. All right, I'm going to talk about golf. So PGA, uh, PGA Tour, last weekend, Memorial Tournament, uh, Jack's Place at Merrifield. Fucking awesome golf course. John Rahm goes out, tears it up. He's 18 under after Saturday, up six on the field, just dominating, playing unbelievable golf, um, an ace on Friday, and it comes out 30 minutes after his round that he can't play on Sunday because he tests positive for COVID-19. Number one, why the fuck isn't he vaccinated? Number two, if your golfers aren't vaccinated, why the fuck are there a million maskless fans running around? And number three, like, how do you even let that happen? They find out mid-round... They let him finish the round, which is almost worse in my opinion. You let the guy think he's going in a Sunday with a six-stroke lead and then shoot him in the fucking face when he gets off the 18th green. Uh, just a joke. Rom watches a million and change go out the window. Can't lay wins in a playoff. Uh, at 13 under, 14 under, I think, Rom easily would have won. It just sucks for golf. It's Golf had done so well through the pandemic. They were the only sport that was really able to continue a season throughout there were really never any issues, obviously some withdrawals here and there, but no huge outbreaks and no real problems. Um, first sport to come back with a considerable amount of fans, pretty much every tournament's at full capacity now. It's just a bad look. Uh, the pandemic should be over. It should not be affecting sports anymore. Everybody should be vaccinated. I know John Rahm's a European, might be a little different, uh, but still, it, it's just a problem that should be fixed. And with my last 25 seconds, I would like to point out 19-year-old girl won the Women's U.S. Open last weekend as well. That's fucking nuts. You two are older than her, and she just made like a million dollars. Um, she's my age. It's fucking crazy. Congrats to her. I don't know her name. I apologize. Um, but that's awesome, and that's the end of my rant. That's how it should be fucking done, boys. Oh, Thank you. I like the official timer. Thank yeah. you. Um, that's a nice touch. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, pleasure to do this in person. Oh, it was great. Uh, a lot of fun, and we'll see you next week. Put your tears away.